0: Good morning everybody it is Wednesday 21st of July and yes I'm looking a little bit stupid today for getting all cautious yesterday on the back of Wall Street 700.4 it bounced back 550 overnight our futures were up 49 and our market which yesterday was down 81 at one point was up 103 at its high today currently up 71 so we had a 180 point bounce from the lows yesterday which according to Reuters confounded investors certainly confounded me I was getting ready to jump off the equity market for a moment there but suddenly everything is fine even CNBC who I bothered to listen to this morning for an explanation because they can find a reason for everything couldn't explain it but something went on I'm not one for conspiracy theories but it is baffling it's not really the equity market it's the bond market the US 10-year bond yield went from 1.1 percent which was a big drop to 1.21% overnight that's a big rise that's an 82 basis point bounce when you consider the market is paranoid about a 25 or 0.25% move in interest rates that was a one day move equivalent to a third of a 0.25% interest rate rise big move. Anyone would think a central bank jumped into the bond market in order to stop the sell-off. Whatever. If you buy into conspiracy theories, you end up being a skeptic, tainted, a bear. So I'm not going to suggest that somebody in the U.S. government is holding the bond market up, but that's what it looked like. But let's not worry about that. Let's take it at face value. It turns out that drop in the bond yields and in the bond market... Sorry, the equity market on Monday was a storm in a teacup, but let's not completely forget it. It was a significant wobble, a pickup in volatility often accompanies a pivot point in the market. There has been a pickup in volatility, although the the VIX was up 21% the day before yesterday, was down 12% yesterday. But still, a pickup in volatility, which... Should get you turning your screens on a little bit earlier in the mornings. And the reasons it appeared to fall over, which is a global rise in Delta variant COVID cases, as well as concerns about an economic drop-off in the second half of the year. Those reasons haven't disappeared in a day. I remain more cautious than I was three days ago or the end of last week. But for now, let's go back to worrying about... Stocks or something more interesting, whilst we keep a slightly more wary eye out over our shoulder as we watch the market. Meanwhile, in Australia, things don't get any better, do they? New South Wales, 110 cases. Gladys looking very harassed. Henry worrying about a lockdown till September. My motorcycle trips, both of them to the outback, have been pushed back now to October. Half of Australia's now in a lockdown. But still, our market has responded to the U.S. bounce. Nothing, it seems, can knock us off our perch until it does, of course, which will happen one day. One of the big drivers for our market... Over the last 24 hours, although we have matched the U.S. market, but one of the drivers for our market is this ANZ $1.5 billion on-market buyback announced yesterday, which appears to have gazumped the CBA making a similar announcement and probably Westpac as well. But that is not gone unnoticed by the income-ravenous retiree, who has realized that the banks are flush again and therefore should normalize dividends this year. And on top of that, there's this speculation that BHP might get out of its oil and gas business, raising $15 billion, which will doubtless find its way back to shareholders as well. I denied for years that you could buy BHP and Rio and Fortescue for income, but... In a zero interest rate environment and with iron ore prices holding up, they are some of the still some of the best income stocks in our market, especially if they're not going to go off spending their money on some ambitious expansion, which is their go to move last century but if they're going to return that money to shareholders instead then income interested people need hold on despite that there have been as you'll see in the charts in the strategy piece two very short-term sell signals on resources stocks and the bank sector meanwhile the other thing keeping the market alive is all this merger and acquisition activity what boring infrastructure stock will get bid for next after bids for sid and ski ski which shows you that there are multiple very Large global funds in a zero interest rate environment. Some of these funds are promising their pensioners 30 year annuities and they want assets to match that sort of time frame. So 30 year bonds are not paying anything. So they're going after global infrastructure companies, often with regulated incomes, reliable incomes, and anything better than zero is good. So hence the bids for some of our infrastructure stocks. There's also a bit of excitement in the BNPL sector with a bit of stake taking in zip money and suggestions that afterpay themselves might fall victim to one of the Apple or PayPal or apple Alipay players in that space Why build it when you can buy it as I wrote in the weekend email, if those afterpay directors are surfers, they'll know that at some point you cut off the wave and head to the beach. And I don't think anyone would begrudge them taking a few billion off the Yanks or off Ally Pay and heading home. A fabulous story if they did. Also, notice Premium, which is the platform for RSMA's, has been doing rather well without CEO. Speculation of a bid there from Hub or Netwealth. Also, I see the rapid rebound in the lithium sector the moment it sold off on Monday also confirms a buy on weakness mentality and the the longevity of the electric vehicles story and even travel flying along today terrible pun despite the covid outbreak in Australia the net result is all our market skepticism of the last 24 hours has been swept aside bears are looking pretty stupid and we're looking pretty stupid today but I wouldn't forget that wobble retail sales are numbered this morning wasn't very good down 1.8% expected to be down 1.2% lockdowns obviously to blame US results season continues Netflix results after hours in the US were okay share price up a little bit not a lot The Bachelor starts tonight one of our ex-colleagues is on The Bachelor, and she is not the pilot. We'll be looking out for for her. British Lions play South Africa on Saturday, and Henry is trying to get me to start a space program in competition with Jeff Bezos. I don't think our subscriptions have been quite that good so far. They've been good, but not that good. Right, and on to some more interesting stuff today. The ETF portfolio. We have done absolutely nothing in this portfolio since November last year. In fact, since a little bit earlier than that, August probably. The idea of the ETF portfolio is that our members get a much more relaxed, stress-free, low-cost investment experience without all the administration and activity and late nights and weekends spent looking at individual stocks and managing 20 individual stocks. The ETF portfolio is just supposed to put you into the market with a little bit of brains and keep you in there making one to five to none decision, no decisions a year, allowing you to reconnect with your god-awful grandchildren or go out and make that garden look better than your next door neighbors so that was the idea of the ETF portfolio so since August last year sorry I know some of you are going to complain about the grandchildren comment I don't have any grandchildren yet and I'm sure they'll be delightful anyway the idea or all we needed to do since August last year is Be Fully Invested. We've had a bull market since the lows of the pandemic. You'll see our performance in this portfolio since the lows in March. Portfolio is up. 21.2% 21.2% in a year, the ASX 300 Accumulation Index is up 25.19% and the All Lords up 23.13% and the difference between the portfolio's performance and the fantasy benchmark performance is one, fees, two, the fact that we cashed out in June last year and got back in about a month later being a bit overcautious and three, the fact that the index is a fantasy has no cost Compounds dividends perfectly, makes index changes without cost. Why we didn't pick the RBA cash rate plus 2%, like some of our competitors have done, I don't know. It is my nemesis chasing this compounding dividend. We are too conservative. But anyway, the portfolio has provided what it's supposed to provide, which is a market exposure, less fees. And it does that quite efficiently. But I get all sorts of feedback on the ETF portfolio. One of the ones I get from more active members, members who clearly trade ETFs, is that it's really boring. But that, of course, is the idea. We could trade more. We could trade ETFs. But it would change the nature, I think, of this portfolio. I think the portfolio acts as a fabulous vehicle for us to convey strategy settings, cash versus equities, without having to trade like a dervish the gold ETF or the something else ETF. So I don't think we'll do that. We could obviously put some of that activity into it. Not sure. Can we be bothered? Can you be bothered reading about that sort of trading guesswork in ETFs? Or shall we just play the cash versus equities game through the portfolio? We will think about that. The other complaint I get, there's no exposure to the big Asian technology stocks. I agree we're fixing that today. Thank you, Stephen, for your suggestion. Why bother having four Australian index exposures is another regular comment. We have done that to have a look at what each of them did and which one was better as it is Of course, they've done pretty much the same thing. So we're going to simplify those. We are going to be selling VAS and IOZ, nothing wrong with them. We're just simplifying into two holdings, STW and A200, both of which are ETFs over the ASX 200. And we are also dropping our exposure to the Australian market from 60% to 50%. So to summarize the changes today, we're going to leave the cash versus amount in vested mix unchanged. We are looking over our shoulders, as I say, at the market. Not thoroughly convinced by this bounce back. But for now, we will leave this portfolio fully invested. But that could change at any time. We are selling fuel, F-U-E-L, which is an ETF over some of our biggest global NG companies. If pandemic two develops, that's going nowhere. We're selling FANG over the FANGs and buying NASDAQ. It just gives us a broader exposure to U.S. technology, which is less volatile. And the FANG has actually underperformed. We are upping our holding over the S&P 500. 500. 500 IVV, which is unhedged. What that means is that if the S&P 500 goes up and the Aussie dollar goes down, we get double the return. Most ETFs are unhedged. You get an exposure to whatever currency the investments are in translated back into the Aussie dollar. So this is the S&P 500 unhedged. There was a time after the resources boom when the Aussie dollar fell over whilst the S&P 500 was going up and our equity market was a little bit subdued. But thanks to the fall in the Aussie dollar and the rise in the S&P 500, this very boring unhedged ETF, IVV, over the S&P 500 returned about 50 percent per annum. So we're, we're assuming that the global economy has peaked out Peak everything. Peak global economy, which means we will also see a peak Aussie dollar. The Aussie dollar is a cyclical currency, a commodity currency. And if the global economy fades, the Aussie dollar should fade as well. So we're anticipating that, in which case you want to get money overseas. And this IVV ETF over the S&P 500 gives us that ability. So we have upped our holding in the S&P 500 to 30 percent. So we've taken 10 percent off Australia and bunged an extra ten percent on our US exposures. We are holding Hack, the Cybersecurity ETF, which is doing quite well, and we're buying Asia ASIA to get exposure to some of the big Asian technology stocks. It tracks an index comprising the fifty largest technology and online retail stocks in Asia. And that includes Alibaba, Tencent, Baidu. You'll see the holdings, the biggest holdings in the strategy piece today. Right, that's about that. At the bottom of the strategy piece today, you will see the finished portfolio. Nothing much has changed there. Just a bit of fiddling about. We're still fully invested. We've sold fuel, sold VAS, sold sold IOZ, sold FANG and bought NDQ, left Hack alone. bought ASIA upped our Australian ETFs A200 and STW and increased our holding in IVV to 30%. Right, that's about it. As I leave you, Dow futures down 12, not much going on there. Our market solid up 86. Big banks and resources up around one and a half percent each. Oil search up another four and a half percent on this bid speculation. Travel doing well. Lithium stocks bouncing back. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow.